Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Appreciate that. Thanks everybody for sharing. And um, the Bible says, "When one weeps, we all weep with him. When one rejoices, we rejoice together." Folks, we've had just the most crazy up and down week as a family Um, it's emotional I'm just going to be emotional it's alright okay family uh, 10 days ago on the Friday we got a call that a young man is a nephew of Jean she's head of children's ministry here but um Sinjin Simpson, he did the interchange program with us. It's a year of your life that we used to do. We had a whole bunch of guys here. and He's involved in the church in Kokstad. He's helping to run the youth. Just an incredible man of integrity, faithfulness, steadfastness. Just a, just a great, great young man with an enormous you know, future, and he's a runaway fire, and uh, he's a farmer, farming with his dad, and uh, he went to go and sort out some cattle that were in danger of the fire, and uh, went through a ravine, thicket, whatever, and the wind changed direction. And he was trapped. And we got news of that on the Friday afternoon. And we prayed. And word went out. So many churches in the network. Foundation Ministries International. And I think many of you would have engaged with some of them. Through the spring conference. And would have seen some of the leaders. And So Robbie Wardle is the, the leader of the, the church there. And um, we prayed. We asked the Lord to to intervene but he went he went to be with the Lord on on the Saturday afternoon and uh, it was a it was a hangover blow for us you know because I'd been preaching you'll go through the fire and you won't be burned you'll go through the flood and you won't be overwhelmed some of you will remember from the early days of lockdown and it's almost like the, the enemy wants to come and smack you on the nose. So do you still believe? Is God still able? You know, so that was a hangover thing to, to go through. And last weekend, um, for, the, for the first time in my life, I was able to be in two places at once. So you saw me here hosting Dana McCullum. Actually, I was in the Eastern Cape. 
I was with uh, the church down there in Cathcart. It's a special place for us as a family. It's uh, where my father was. They were living when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit back in 1968, and that changed everything. I was about so big when when that took place. And uh, it's a farming community, and they they know this young man and just what it did to us, just in terms of softening our hearts. You know, there's something about realizing and recognizing just life is fragile. Life can be short. Sometimes the race that we run is a long race. And sometimes the race that we run is a short race. But run the race. Run it in such a way to please the Lord. And, um, and then on Sunday uh, afternoon evening, got the news that a couple, Eddie and Carla, at uh, 37 weeks, uh, little Luke had died. It's not supposed to be in this day and age, right? And uh, so Daryl and I, we went, we joined, we, we prayed on Tuesday. We went, Lord, you're the God of resurrection life. You can do this. And we prayed. But little Luca didn't come, come back to life. And the, the, it was another big blow. And then we get to celebrate with Doug and Caitlin and they welcome beautiful Ella into the world on Thursday. And you know the ups and the downs of life. It's the reality. And uh, we're, a, we're a supernatural believing people. There's no other believer by the way. <laughs> There's only one kind of a believer. Because if we're going to heaven, that's a supernatural place. So you have to be a supernatural believer to get into heaven. So we're all supernatural. But when we're asking the Lord that the supernatural will break into this world, into this realm, in the here and the now, to see the kingdom coming in, in greater, greater measure, bigger impact. You know, we're, we're pushing at things. We're pushing at some boundaries. But we also see that Jesus encouraged us in the scriptures that we should actually go for things and, um, and so we, we want to be good obedient believers obedient to the scriptures but as we're doing this it's a real journey and uh, you know we don't want to explain things away do you understand what I'm saying so too often, because of heartache and disappointment, we begin to explain things down so that we can just do what we can do in the natural. So we don't have to go after the supernatural element. But that's not what we're called to do. And Jesus called us to go after things. And I think that in this, 
This COVID time, this, this lockdown time, it's been this, this crazy up and down roller coaster ride. And we've experienced the Lord come through just in powerful ways. He's just been extraordinary at times. And then there are other times where just kind of like, Lord, where are you? It's, people have lost their jobs. People got retrenched. Um, just all kinds of difficulty and, and hardship. And so it's, it's, we've got to deal with the both of these things. And, um, and I believe that the Lord is wanting to give us a sense of, of courage and of hope as we move into the next season with him. Because he's not taken by surprise. Okay? Why do we say this? Well, he's the eternal one. And he is outside of this realm called time. He created it. He's bigger than time and he can be outside of time. He doesn't have to go through the things Kronos like we have to. And so he knows the end even before the beginning. So he's never taken by surprise. He knows everything. And we... We've got these two. Let's jump back to Colossians. Can you remember that far back? For those of you new to the family, just catch you up quickly. Now, I'm not going to go through Colossians, but just to say that we spent many months just going through the book of Colossians as the Lord was speaking to us and preparing us um, just spiritually and theologically that we might have a grid for what he's doing on the earth today. And in there, we, we looked at this, this tension between God is sovereign, God is over all, he's in charge of it all, and then there's this thing of the free will of man. God calls us to actually do stuff with what he's entrusted to us. And he calls us into a relationship and a partnership with him to see heaven on earth. And so there's this free will and we need to be doing stuff. And then there's kind of like God's in charge and, and he's going to sort it all out. Right? And so we've got to hold on to these two things. Well, at a time like this, if I'm going to choose to lean slightly one way or the other, I'm holding on to his big leg the sovereignty of God I'm holding on to God God I do not know I do not understand everything this is a mystery how, how did this all happen Lord this makes no sense from where I am right here right now but I choose to trust you even though my brain is exploding my heart is breaking but I choose. If you reveal yourself to be the one who is perfect in all your ways. But I'm seeing something that contradicts that. What do I do? Lord, I surrender. I don't have the full picture. But you do. So I hold on to him. 
I run to him, the strong tower. Return, O prisoner of hope. Run back to the, the strong tower where we might find peace, strength. We, we spoke quite a little bit in the last weeks and um, it's so good to see you dressed up. You know, normally when I look through the camera, I see you guys in your pajamas and um, it's just so good to see you guys all polished up this morning. It's, it's good. Those of you still in your pajamas, how's it guys? Nice one. Looking good. Um, coffee. Yeah, we'd love a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, but how, how the Lord was causing things to align with his purposes. Remember at the beginning of the year, the prophetic word, 2020, a year of alignment, that God was going to cause alignment in our lives, but he was also going to bring alignment on the earth. And the reset, we spoke about reset, what's happened, nations rise, nations fall. So from Hebrews, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Do you remember that? All right. And so the writer to the Hebrews is quoting from Haggai chapter 2. And so I was just looking at it, you know, you can look at it from this side, Hebrews, or you can look at it from the Haggai side. And, um, and the context, would you like a little story? Okay, story time. Once upon a time, the people of God hadn't rested properly. And they hadn't lived according to the ways God wanted them to live. And so he came down and he said, hey guys, either you bring yourselves into alignment or I will bring you into alignment. And the people didn't listen. So then God sent them into lockdown for 70 years. He raised up a guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar and he sent the Uber chariots And they all got couriered off from the land of Israel, from Jerusalem, and they went all the way around into Babylon. Daniel and the gang were there. Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. Yeah, he was part of that church. And they were there and God used them in different ways at different times. Sorted out the lions. Seems a few other rugby teams can sort them out too. Easy. Um, they went there. They went into lockdown because the land needed to rest. They owed God 70 years and he said right let's go on holiday for 70 years lockdown and he arranged for them to be taken care of they were fed it was a wonderful holiday they'd never been there before it was a long distance thousands of kilometers there they were they didn't have to worry about governing or anything whatever 
After a while, the Babylonians were overtaken by the Persians. Another massive nation rose up and destroyed the Babylonians, the Babylonians who sorted out God's people, taking them in captivity. First the people from, from Israel and then the people from Judah went in two waves. They were in captivity. The prince, the, the, the king of Persia was a guy by the name of Cyrus who was an unbeliever but Jeremiah had prophesied that this unbeliever would come to a place of authority and that he would be part of establishing worship. So he says, hmm, okay, let me do what this, what this God wants me to do. And he had a different political system. You see, the Babylonians, they would take you and put you in another land. But the Persians would send you back to your land and they wanted you to worship your God so that you would pray for the king of Persia, that he would get favor. So that's why he sent them along and he said, guys, hey, whatever, was, whatever Nebuchadnezzar and the guys took, please return this back, reestablish worship. We want you to call on the Lord for favor for us guys. Hmm? Come on, some of you have had a, a boss in, in whatever field and he said, sure you can take off and go to church, just pray for me. Any of you had that? I'm the only one. So I used to work in those kind of environments. So they said, no, no, you can go, but just you know, pray for us. Talk to the big man upstairs. That's the kind of language they use. So Cyrus sent them on their way and gave them all kinds of um, resources that they could go and rebuild the, the, the temple. And, um, and so there was a guy called Shesh Bazaar. It's a very strange name. But he was the guy who led the, the first wave of the exiles returning. And you can see this in the book of Ezra. And so the context here is you've got this first wave of exiles coming out of lockdown. And they get there and they get back to Jerusalem and it's a mess. And so the first thing that they do is um, they, they set about reestablishing the, the altar. And they get the altar there and they start the sacrifices and it's all good and well and so on. They settle in their towns and whatever. And after about seven months, after about seven months, they come and they sort out the foundation. And during this time, although... Shesh Bazaar was the, the guy who'd been sent back by Cyrus, but there were some other key figures in the story. Uh, there was a prophet, an older guy, by the name of Haggai. And then there was a young buck by the name of Zerubbabel. Now, uh, sorry, 
Zechariah, sorry, prophets. Haggai and Zechariah, the two prophets. Zechariah was a young, a young and up and coming prophet. Haggai was the older, more mature prophet. And these guys prophesied simultaneously, round about that, that era. Uh, we're talking about 536 BC. It's a long time ago. But we're learning some principles out of the story. Is that okay? And um, these guys are there, and you'll see in Ezra chapter 3, from about verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments with their trumpets and the Levites, who are the sons of Asaph, with the cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. Let's try that again. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and the family heads who had seen the former temple wept. They wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Okay, what's going on? These guys have been in lockdown for 70 years. And in the lockdown, they've been rehearsing the prophetic promises. Their version of 2020, the year of plenty. Their version of God's bringing alignment. Their version of double portion. Their version of the best is yet to come. You're tracking. Thank you. I know the mask's on and it's hard to breathe, but stay with me. As they are rehearsing, they are remembering. They're doing their daily inspiration and prayers. They are talking from generation to generation, and they are remembering what it was like to be in revival. They are remembering... What it was like to worship and to experience the presence of the Lord. So much so that the presence of God, it filled the place almost like smoke. And the priests were so overcome by the power of God, they all fell on the floor. Sounds like a charismatic meeting. No, it's a God meeting. The priests could not stand as they were trying to minister to the Lord because the power of the presence of God flooded the place. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't you know, track on Facebook all this stuff. 
How did they know about these? They would tell from generation to generation. They would sit around the fire at night. They would rehearse these things. They would remember all the goodness of God. So you've got a young generation who've heard of previous revivals and something stirs in them. We want revival. Similarly, you've got some of the guys who were there when revival was happening. They were there worshiping in the temple. They were part of the lot who got carted away off to Babylon. And they remembered. So when Cyrus said, listen, whoever's heart moves them, guys, if you want to go back, go for it. But you know what? Some of them got so used to meeting church in their home that they didn't want to leave the home. They enjoyed worshiping in their slippers and pajamas that they wanted to stay in Babylon. So they didn't return with the remnant. They stayed. Some of them stayed for a very long time. That's why Esther and that whole thing took place. That was in the city of Susa, in that whole region. If they'd come back when Cyrus said, you can go, they wouldn't have had to face all of that stuff. Just a, by the way. So yes, there were some, some waves of people that came back. So first you had uh, Shesh Bazaar. With him was um, Jehozadak. And uh, no, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and there was also, oh, I should have written this down. I thought I had it here. Anyway, these two guys. One was the priest, Joshua, got it. The other guy was Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the, the sort of the ruler. And so we see spiritual side. And we see the marketplace side, the business side, the secular side, working side by side. Much like later on, you had um, Ezra and Nehemiah. You remember those guys? This is about another 70 years later, they come to do the walls. Now the generation, that was a later wave that came out of you know, lockdown. They were late to leave. They had a double portion lockdown. It was the 70 years, and then by another 70 years later, they only returned to do the wall. Spiritual side, Ezra, Nehemiah, the administrative side, working together. Here you've got Joshua and Zerubbabel. Spiritual side, the priest, and the leadership guy, working together. So as they're there, and they got the foundation laid, some of the guys... We were tiny little chokers. They remembered the revival. And they come back in their old age. And they see the foundation. They've just come out of lockdown. And they look around and they say, this isn't it. And they wept. Because they remember the high point of revival. And they look at this, this is just the foundation. This is, this is nothing to celebrate about. 
Oh, in the good old days. In the good old days. When God moved, God's presence was so thick. We'd lie on the floor for hours. Laughter would break out, healing supernaturally. The visible sort of cloud of his glory would appear in them. All these different things and they, and they wept. Because they tasted something big. And they looked and said, this is just the foundation. But the guys who'd heard the stories, they were those who were born in captivity. Those who were added to the family. All they'd heard about was, our God is the great God over all. And they couldn't wait to get back and to begin to experience. And even the foundation, just the very beginning, the first step, they celebrated. They over the top celebration with loud shouts and praising and dancing because it had begun. And so looking at the same circumstances, the foundation coming out of lockdown, what are you looking at? What's your perspective? Oh, look at the economy. Look at education in this nation. Look at the medical sector. Look at the state of our roads. Look at service delivery. Look at all this stuff that's wrong, 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 wrong. It's just the foundation. And there's weeping. Because it's not complete. It's not yet finished. Or there's just the beginning, the foundation. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us now. Nothing's going to stop us now. And there's the rejoicing and there's the celebration. Same circumstance, but very different responses. I think we have a choice. As we're coming out of lockdown and we see all these different things and it's not yet how it's going to be. Listen, sooner or later they're going to figure out sooner or later the world's going to wake up. But until then we will be good people not because we fear but We'll just be good people. Are you hearing me? I'm not saying let's start a rebellion or a revolt or anything like that. But my trust is not in this thing. Just the beginning. Just the beginning. So then they had the foundation gone on a couple more minutes than I'd wanted to which is a lot longer than you used to can you give me a couple more minutes nearly done thanks for staying at home (laughs) 
Notiposte. Opposition came. They got the authority, got the king's edict, sent with resource, all the stuff in place. They start clear, get the foundation. They're starting to rebuild and then opposition comes. Who do you think you are? And, uh, and, and, and work stops. About the year 5.30 or so. And only about 5.20, Haggai and Zechariah, the young and the old prophet, stand up and they say, guys, this is not good. You're sorting out your homes, but the house of the Lord is in disrepair. And the Lord stirred their hearts. They said, all right, consider your ways. And then in Haggai chapter one, verse 13, the shortest prophetic word ever. I am with you. That was the word. I am with you. Isn't that awesome? It says the entire nation were stirred just on that tiny little prophetic word. I'm with you. And then they got about it. And then they completed in about 516 BC. Then Zerubbabel's temple was complete. 536, the foundation. It took a long time. 516. 516, you take 70 years from then. Oh, okay. Because like exactly, because there were a couple of waves of exodus, a couple of waves of going into captivity and there were a couple of waves coming out of the exodus. But the 70 years. But the rebuilding. Even though there were some who wept and there were some who rejoiced. God said, I am with you. And in Haggai 2, he says, now listen, some of you, you look at all of this and you wonder, is this anything? He says, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And then he says, don't worry about it. You might have had stuff from Cyrus. He sent resource and whatever, fantastic. But don't worry about that. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. I've got it all. In fact, I put it in the ground waiting for such a time as this. Come on, South Africa. We declare, we prophesy mineral discoveries. We're going to turn this nation around. God has got resource in the ground. I'm, I'm going to say this again. I've prophesied this before. Say it again. Absolutely convinced. There's technology which is yet to come that requires minerals that are in our ground. We don't yet know the value of those minerals because what it's needed for still needs to be invented. And when it's invented, 
It's going to turn the world around. It's going to turn our economy around. Hallelujah. God's not done with us. God's not done with you. So, in closing, my fifth closing for the morning. This foundation, this beginning point, if you like, what's your response? Weeping or rejoicing? Let's choose to be strong in the Lord. God says, I'm with you. Amen. I invite you to stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you're stirring our hearts to trust you, to believe you that the best is yet to come. That our best days as a nation lie ahead of us. That this city is going to be transformed for the glory of God. And that us, our families, our loved ones, will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord. So we choose to look to you, to be strengthened by your word, and to rejoice even in first steps, whether it be business, first steps in education, first steps in justice, first steps in the medical sector. It doesn't matter which area, Lord, you're giving us first steps. We rejoice in it because he who began a good work in me will bring it through to completion. And we trust you. So we give you praise. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Come on, let's just thank the Lord for his goodness to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.